Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development. Uh, your hosts today are Reno, Callan, Matt, and myself, Michael. So guys, today we want to talk about something that we all have in common as gay men. We have all had the experience of having to come out. And the first person we come out to is ourselves, right? But then the coming out process never really ends. At least I thought that when I came out the first time, it was over. But what I've learned, of course, is that there's always people every time you meet somebody new, every time you start a new job, uh, you know, there's always that thought like, oh, crap, they don't know I'm gay and they're going to, I'm going to have to tell them or I'm going to have to show them. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. And I want to pass it off to Reno to get our conversation going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So first off, I have a confession. Um, I'm, I'm a homosexual. I'm, I'm a dude who's into <laughs> if you if you didn't know now you know <laughs> i did not expect it <laughs> uh yeah so, so shocked <laughs> you're like oh my god you're gay um so one of my favorite quotes and it's like it, it it's i really carry it with me um throughout my work and my life and you've probably heard me mention it on uh one of our podcast episodes before uh, it's by St. Thomas, and he says, if you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. And if you do not bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. And yeah, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I remember hearing that quote, and it just landed, like, right in my heart, right in my belly. It hit me in the guts. And I was like, these are, these are words to live by. And you know, I started reflecting on coming out, this, this, what, what does it mean to come out? What is, what is, um, you know, what is coming out? What is this experience? And what I started to recognize is that it wasn't, um, it wasn't reserved for people who are like gay or lesbian or transgendered or um, queer identifying. We, in my, in my experience, in my observation are all always coming out at any given moment, right? Now, I recognize that as LGBTQ um, asterisk uh, identifying peoples that um, that can be a lot more difficult because there is a sort of culture and there are established cultures that um, exist around a status quo that doesn't include and isn't always inclusive of diversity. And so, you know, for, for different people and for different reasons and um, in different spaces and cultures, it can be um, variably sort of difficult to expose oneself, to express oneself, to embody who you truly are and to express who 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 you truly are um i feel lucky in that um when i came out as a gay man for the most part i was well received my mom had been waiting since i was three to attend the gay club with me you know she was like i already knew child um, it's like, yeah, it's okay. Um, and, and, you know, the joke was on me because everybody knew, you know, and I, I knew that everyone knew, but I was not ready 
to reveal that part of myself. And I think, you know, in our last episode, we talked about self-compassion. And I think that um, when we're navigating coming out, it's important to hold ourselves in self-compassion as we go through that process. Like, you don't, I don't need to force my way out of the closet. I, I can come out in my own time and in my own way. And it's gonna be messy sometimes, and sometimes it's not. And that's just the process. And, and, and so I really, um, I, I feel like I've become quite skillful myself in the art of coming out. That is revealing myself, self-exposure, self-disclosure, self-expression, um, you know? I really get off on those experiences, this idea of one honest, honestly revealing themselves to the world and saying, hey, like, this is, this is my current experience. Um, this is who I am. This is what's true for me in this moment um, and the next moment and the next moment. And, and also acknowledging that who I am and how I identify today and who I choose to come out as or who, who I'm sort of becoming and blossoming into today might look different tomorrow as well. And, and like, that's okay because we are complex, we are dynamic, we are beautiful and messy um, beings. And that's, that's the journey. So, you know, whether it's me coming out as gay or me coming out as like woo woo, as we say, you know, I remember when that happened, I was like, hey guys, I have an announcement to, to make. Like, I'm a fucking hippie, you know? And like, I'm woo woo. I'm into the spiritual thing. I drank the Kool-Aid, like, you know, it, I, this is me, this is who I am. Um, and more recently, just really owning the aspects of myself that are like witchy and mystical and love taboo and love sexuality and love digging into the like hard, gritty, uncomfortable, edgy, scary, triggering topics. It's like, I love that shit. Let's do it. Let's get into it, you know? So, um, and, and, and I'll say, I'll say, in, I guess in closing my sort of stream of consciousness here, like I, I, I just lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. I lost it. I lost it. I don't know where it went. Yeah. Well, if it's important, it'll find its way back to you and exactly. you'll bring it all in. I love what yeah. you just said. I totally agree. We are constantly coming out. It's not just like a one-time deal and it's like, okay, that's it. And as every LGBTQ plus person knows, you don't just come out that one time. You come out and then you know, maybe you come out little by little, you tell a friend, then you tell another friend, then you tell your group of friends, then you tell maybe your colleagues, then maybe you tell one family member or a couple family members. It's not just one time. It's like again and again and again. And eventually, yes, you do get to a point where you're like, you know, us, where everybody knows it's, you know, splashed across Facebook. It's all everywhere, you know, people know, but that's a process and it takes time to get there. For me, my coming out story, like I fought it for so long. I was like, I'm not going to admit this. This is not going to happen. And then I didn't come out in high school. I didn't come out until I was 20. And I remember when I did, I went to a club. It was my friend's, it was my best friend's friend's birthday. And he was gay and out. 
And our group of friends went to support him for his birthday because he wanted to go to the gay club. We're like, sure, that'll be fun. And so me and my one friend, she was one of my best friends at the time. And we were going and we're like, okay, um, this is going to be wild. This is going to be the best time. We were already kind of buzzing because, you know, as you do pre-drinking all that. And we go to the club. We're having a party. We're having a blast. And we're up in this like kind of upper area looking down on the dance floor. And I look at her and I was like, you know what? I think I might be bi. And she looks at me and she's like, oh my God, me too. And we like high fived and we just like laughed about it. We're like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Of course. And then we like made this like, you know, stupid childish bet. We're like, okay, by the end of the night, we each have to make out with somebody like of the same sex. And like, that was going to be like our first same sex kisses. And I remember I was like, oh my God, is this really going to happen? Like, is this really going to go on? And we go and we're on the dance floor and there's this really hot guy dancing next to me. And like, we've been kind of bumping and grinding and dancing. And then he starts making out with me. And I just remember in that moment being like, this, this is what it was all about. I was like, this is what straight people feel when they kiss somebody, because this is not what I felt when I was kissing them girls. This is a whole, different experience I was like my whole body was just singing and I was like yes give it to me and I remember my other because there was two of my best friends there that night the other one who was actually like not so secretly in love with me turned around at that moment and had like two drinks in her hand and I swear to god I thought she was gonna drop those drinks because her whole face just dropped and I was like I saw her and I was like "Uh uh-oh and then I was like I don't know how well this will go. And she was like super pissed off and upset because it was like, you know, her dream was being crushed. And it anyway, so yeah, so that was my coming out in that regard. Um, and then very much like yourself, Reno, like when I came out to family and stuff like that, everybody's like, well, yeah, duh. Have you met you? Like, <laughs> uh, obviously, like tell us something we don't know. I told everybody um, before I moved to Europe when I was 20. And then my mom, I told her like two or three weeks before I left. And I told her at my workplace. So my colleagues were like, we're here to support you. Like, just let us know, like, we'll come out. Cause I worked at Starbucks, of course. Um, and so it was beautiful. It was amazing. My mom's like, yeah, like, of course, like, I still love you. Like nothing changes. So that was beautiful. And then my dad, I didn't tell him until I actually came back from living in Europe. And I was like in this, like, kind of like silly gay competition thing and I was like poised to like possibly win and I was like I can't win and not tell my dad because it was going to be like printed in the newspapers and stuff and so I told him and he's like oh well yeah he's like you always had a lot of girlfriends but you never had a girlfriend he's like I kind of figured um and I did end up winning so it was in the newspapers I'm like well I'm glad I told him and he didn't just like open the newspaper and was like oh my son and he's gay um and then that also transpired to like my grandparents, when we went and visited them, I had like the whole spread of like magazines and things that I was in. And my grandma's like, they didn't put enough photos of you. And like, my whole family's been very accepting and was very loving. But the only experience I did have of like a not coming out enjoyable experience is that I have another set of grandparents. And when we went to visit them, my cousin, um, they were like celebrating like some sort of anniversary. And my cousin was like, hey, I know you want to bring your boyfriend and we love him, like, we love you, we love him, but we don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, really? I was like, okay, like, everybody else in the family is fine. But then when I got there, my grandpa, who I hadn't seen, like, a long time, or that specific grandpa, um, 
I like went up to talk to him and he completely ignored me and pretended like I wasn't even there, like to my face. I was just like, oh, it was his birthday. That's what it was. It wasn't an anniversary. It was his birthday. And I went up and he was sitting on the couch and my cousin had kind of warned me. He's like, grandpa's like, that's why we asked you not to bring him. But like all of my other cousins and family and relatives were like asking about him and like, yeah, we wish you could have came. But then when I went up to like grandpa and like said happy birthday and yada yada, he completely as if like stared off into space as if I wasn't even there. And like that's my one experience of like a family member completely just like writing me off for like being gay and being who I was. And I'm so, so grateful that that wasn't my experience like for everything else. Everybody else was amazing. But that just gave me a little hint, a little taste of what it's like for those people who are in those situations, that their whole family is like that, or their whole family completely disowned them, or everybody they know is like that, or they live in a very small minded town or something like that. And like my heart goes out to those people because that experience was probably the worst experience, one of the worst experiences I ever had, because here's this man who I like, who loved me all through my childhood like I would always go to their house and like always showed me so many amazing things and like always had such great memories and experiences with and now that all just got flushed down the drain and like that's the last experience I have with him and like I have no interest in ever seeing him again or talking to him again and he like the same same for him and so it really sucks that that's part of coming out um and the whole coming out experience would I change anything absolutely not but it sucks that just because of who we are, we face that possibility and that that's why there's such a fear around coming out because there's always that chance. There's always that fear that the person on the other side is going to completely turn off and go, okay, you're dead to me. Like, do not talk to me ever again. This is it. No matter how amazing your life has been together up until that point. And yeah. So, I mean, I recognize that my journey has been really open and loving, but I also recognize that a lot of people aren't. And as somebody who's lived over in the Middle East and in other places where it's like, it's illegal to be gay and there's death penalties. And I've been to countries in like Africa and other places of the world where it is death penalty or it is jail penalty and their story, the people who come out there, I just have so much love and compassion and appreciation for because man i i don't know if i'd be able to do it if i was in their shoes but um but yeah that's my little fun coming out stories and uh yeah i love that <clears throat> i've known you guys for months now i don't think i've heard either of these stories from from you guys so uh, learning new things every day so i can share mine i don't think it's that exciting but <clears throat> um unlike I guess in some ways it's alike, but um, so I came out, well, I knew I was gay, even though I didn't have the word gay in my vocabulary, but I knew that I liked boys when I was like grade five or six, pretty early on. But through this time, I also had like, you know, school, school yard girlfriends and such, and we kissed and stuff. And I had a reputation for being a bit of a ladies man because I just, I got along with girls. Little did they know. So in my mind, I rationalize that I'm not actually gay unless I have sex with a man. As I grew older through high school and everything, I still had a girlfriend all through high school. I had girlfriends just constantly. It's maybe a way of hiding it. But um, finally in university, I had sex with a man. So I was 19. And at that point, I'm like, oh, fuck. 
now I'm actually gay. And that's when it hit me, even though I've been like jerking off to guys for years <laughs> and <laughs> fully attracted to guys for a long time. That's when I'm like, okay, now I'm actually gay. It's, it's funny how we rationalize this with ourselves, right? So that was my story. My story was I'm not actually gay until I, unless I have sex with a man. And then, of course it happened. So then I came out to my best friend at the time who happened to be my ex-girlfriend. And she was actually really awesome. I will thank her for the rest of my life for being super supportive. It was a terrifying moment because I, I still had not said the words I'm gay out loud ever until it was with her. Um, and so, yeah, so that happened. And then she was super supportive. Luckily, I had gone away for university. This was first year university for me. And I was in a different town, different city, new set of friends. So it was a way for me to kind of rebirth myself. And I tried on this whole gay thing, even though, again, I did not like the word. I did not like saying the word. It was just not something that I wanted to say. So funny. I'd love to go back and talk to that young boy right now. But anyway, uh, so I did. And I started coming to my friends. And, you know, I, I really jumped into the I, I left out of the closet real quick because once I had sex with one guy, it was just a floodgate had opened after that. And similar to, to the experience with that Callan had mentioned, once I once I had that, I'm like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be. That's why everyone's been going crazy. So I totally hear that, Callan. Um, but eventually came up to my parents one at a time, like first my mom, and then it was like my sister. And then like, I did everyone individually. I didn't just like come out at the dinner table or anything like that, just because it's not really my style. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is it got really tiring for me. It just got very draining and I just got really tired. I didn't really like saying the words I'm gay at the time. And so I just didn't want to do it. So what I did instead is I tried to show them that I was gay. I was like, I'm going to just give you all the fucking hints so that you can guess because I don't want to have to say it. Right. Like, I don't want to say the words. I just want you to guess. So I would. Um, and for whatever reason, my family, like, did not know. They were shocked. They'd be like, oh, but you had all these girlfriends. And oh, but you love soccer. I'm like, I love the soccer players. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> or like, you know, just all the things I'm like, yes. But they just had no context of what, like, you know, the, the stereotypical gay culture things were. Mm. So anyway, they were all surprised and it was just getting very tiring. So I just decided I'm going to tell them things like, you know, wear more effeminate kind of clothing for them, effeminate for me, not effeminate at all. Um, so that they would guess just because I didn't want to have to say it. And it wasn't until this even happened when I started a job here, uh, when I got a job downtown, I was in a very like white collar financial office. And I was like, I don't have to come out to all these people. This is so annoying. So what I did is I just plastered a big poster of Madonna. <laughs> Her Confessions album had just come out. Stop and, it. Like, the disc, and I just <laughs> plastered it on my desk. Again, same thing. Like, I don't want to have to tell you. You can just look at the photo and guess. And yet people still didn't still didn't guess so it wasn't until like i mean this was only i was what how old was i maybe my early 20s at that point so it took me a while to finally be able to comfortably say i'm gay without having any of that like tension come up within me mm. so yeah that's that's a bit of my coming out experience now i mean i'm unapologetically gay as i like to say i love it and i have absolutely no qualms saying it however kellen you bring up a very good point <clears throat> when i'm traveling i'm in a different country like all of a sudden all those same fears come up for me like oh wait am i allowed to touch you like am i allowed to like eye you up and down and like i fuck you or am i gonna get the shit beat out of me um so there's it's it's interesting that i'm very grateful to live where i live here in toronto but when i'm in a different country again it all comes up for me and like am i allowed to say this should i say this um, um do i have to 
man up? Should I not wear what I'm wearing? Uh, I was actually in, where was it, Jerusalem last year? <laughs> I, I didn't know that, I should have known, that it's a very, uh, what's it, Orthodox Jewish culture there, which makes sense. And I went there wearing the tiniest little short shorts and the skimpiest little tank top. And I was like, oh my God, I'm on a like streetcar full of like these Hasidic Jews with all their like top to bottom fully covered. And it's like 40 degrees. And I just felt like so wrong, you know, like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Like they're going, someone's going to beat me up. Someone's going to tell me to leave. So anyway, all this to say the coming out experience has been uh, luckily a good one. I haven't had too many bad experience experiences, but it always is coming up for me. And that's, that's the thing, like, and it always will, right? Like, like we've all been saying it. I think it's something that we really have to look at and even understand how we come out. Right. So do you say, do you go and make an announcement, attention, everyone, I'm gay. And then that's it. Mic drop. Or do you try to like, not want to say it and be like me and just show them so that they guess so that you don't have to say it. I always You're... started it. <laughs> <laughs> your coming out story oh my god just both of those stories you told are comical your coming out story was brilliant the madonna poster di yeah dying that's amazing and i would have been all up in the short shorts with you in jerusalem <laughs> right i probably for sure i would have been shot on site it's in my, thing to in be my donk riders yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to be like in tel aviv like on yes. the beach and yeah. it's a whole other thing to be in jerusalem <laughs> It's like, it's the same country. How could it be that different? It's different. Oh, it's so different. Definitely. Yeah. That's freaking hilarious. I love it. Hmm. Oh, wow. I'm going down memory lane here, guys. This is uh, intense. I'm feeling anxious to share, actually. I'm acknowledging the feeling of anxiety in my body. Um <sighs> I, I really struggled with um, being gay. It was, uh, it was a hard process for me. I, um, I ended up developing a crack addiction because of it. Um, I was hiding who I was and the discrepancy between who I was and who, and, and how other people saw me was so vast that it, it basically led me astray from myself. I had no idea who I was because I was trying to be somebody um, and trying to run away from this person that I actually was, I kind of felt trapped in this person that I didn't want to be. And I remember when I was quite young, <clears throat> I remember praying and I wasn't really religious. I remember praying and asking for God or whoever to take the gay from me because I didn't want to be gay. Um, and I was hoping in the next, in the morning that I would wake up and I wouldn't be gay. <laughs> um, so I'm just, I think that's what the anxiety is, is. It's just this like old version of me that maybe I haven't loved as much as I thought I've loved. And it's kind of like bringing that person to the surface right now. And um, I grew up um, in a very masculine family. I grew up in a very masculine group of friends. I grew up playing hockey. Um, so all the messages that I heard from a very young age around being gay were that it's disgusting, that it's uh, not appropriate, that you should feel shame for it. Um, so for 
I knew I was gay actually when I was about five years old and I, I hid it until I was 18. So that was 13 years of not living my truth. And, uh, and I think when I, when I got to a place of accepting, um, hold on a second. When I got to a place of accepting myself, it, really wasn't actually self-acceptance. It was more so self-exposure. I didn't actually accept who I was. I was exposing myself because I felt like it's what I needed to do to set myself free from my addiction. And, um, but I didn't really accept myself as gay. And what I accepted was the masculine parts of me um, that I was using um, to try and mitigate being gay. So I thought if I was more masculine, I'm less of a faggot. You know what I mean? I'm less shameful. I'm less disgusting. Um, because I really, really rejected the feminine. Um, because that's what we see in the culture around, you know, what is less desirable is the really femi gays and the ones that are masculine are, are they're, they're the ones that are okay. You know, and I remember when I first came out, I came out to my friend Vanessa, uh, for the first time. And, um, I told her that I was bisexual and, it, it just, again, it was more betrayal because I knew, I knew I wasn't bi and I knew that I was gay, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come out as bisexual first and then I'm going to see what that feels like. And then I'll come out as gay later. And um, I remember I told my mom and my sister on Mother's Day, um, oh, I'm trying so hard not to cry because I really don't want to cry right now, but mm. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> I told my mom and my sister on Mother's Day. And it was just so easy. <laughs> she, my mom was just so accepting. It was like, it was nothing, you know? And same with my dad, just like, whatever. Like he made a comment, like, he's like, oh, I'll probably never get to be a grandfather now, which kind of stung a little bit. Um, Cause he didn't think my sister was going to have kids, but. Um, And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of now it's so interesting because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing self-exposure because from hiding for so long, it really just, it, it put this, this thing in me. And it's just in the last few years since starting, starting inspired to be authentic that I've really truly been exposing who I am. And one of the things that I've come up against in the last, um, probably like four or five months is around being witnessed in my feminine and how, oh, it's so painful. I don't like it at all. It makes me feel really gross. It makes me feel really um, shameful. Um, and I think about the times that I have done feminine things like bottoming in, in my relationships or with guys, and I've always been a masculine bottom. You know what I mean? Like making sure that I'm holding my body in a way that isn't too feminine or. Um... So anyway, so in the last four or five months, I've been really working with this aspect of myself. And I really kind of feel like I came out 50% of the way truly with, with, with that. And then I'm kind of coming out on the other 50% like recently in my life. And I was asking myself recently, like, what have I done with this old version of me that was closeted? Like this, 
whatever age you want to go back to five, six, seven, 13, 17, 18, what, what have I done with that, with those characters that I played at that time in my life? And, um, I've shamed them all. <laughs> I've, I've, uh, so what I'm, the work I'm doing now in my life is really going back to these old versions of myself. And I have, I, I have pictures that I keep of different versions of myself. And this, this was a, a really challenging time for me. So I, I, I have him right by my desk and I kind of constantly just gaze over at him and I send this person love and I'm learning to do that. So I'm going through old photos and I'm like, just sending love to this old version of myself, because I really truly believe that we can't love the now version of us until we reconcile the, the shame that we have had for the old version of ourselves. And it's, it's been some heavy work that I've been, as I've been navigating this and um, my ego has been taking a beating lately, like just a fucking beating. Like I feel like emotionally crippled some days because I, I, I really believe that we develop egos to prevent us from having to experience pain. It's our protection mechanism from having to experience pain. And I think gay men develop pretty large and strong egos because of this, for this reason. We learn how to wear the masks very well because we want we don't want to be seen as disgusting or shameful or sinful or whatever it might be. And the only way to disintegrate the ego is to offer it self-compassion and and self-exposure. I really think those are kind of the two th recipes that you need in order to to move through ego. And my ego right now doesn't want to let go because my ego is really rooted in my masculine. And a lot of it is rooted in my unhealed masculine. And as my feminine is emerging, it's asking my masculine to kind of take a back seat and to um, really step forward. So my authentic nature, my true essence of who I am is very rooted in his feminine, which is likely why I've rejected that aspect of myself. Um, I yearn to be softer. I yearn to be more um, receptive. I yearn to control less. Like all of these things are yearnings that I have. And um, so uh, I think that's my challenge right now. My challenge in life is to learn to be those and embody those things. So I get up every morning and I dance. And a lot of my dance movements are, are very rooted in feminine. Um, and I'm learning how to hold my body in a way that doesn't have to be so rigid. Um, I'm learning how to laugh more, have more fun, not be as serious because this kind of stoic version of who I am is the version that I've used to kind of keep myself. It's my armor right? My armor of being a stoic man is the, what I'm using to hide the world from seeing me as feminine or as gay, right? Because I've attributed being gay a lot with being feminine. I think there's, there's some growth in that area as well to kind of really um, broaden really actually truly what it means to be a gay person. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's expanding. So um, yeah, it's never ending. It really isn't. It's always coming out. And, and, but what's really cool as gay men, I want to put a, a, a strength spin on this because as gay people, we 
have to learn how to expose ourselves. It's very vulnerable. We come out when, as soon as you've come out, <clears throat> you're already at an advantage of living authentically. And you know how many people go through this life and they don't get that they don't expose themselves. Right. But we are given this gift in life to kind of really conjure up the courage within to, to come out. And for me, coming out isn't just about coming out about my sexuality and being gay. It's about really liberating myself from these masks so I can be authentic and just be who I want to be. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> hmm. Mic drop. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Matt. That was beautiful. I love that. And I, I have to say, I definitely resonated on that level of like living in the masculine. I definitely, when I first came out, lived in that same mentality, that same world of like, oh, if I just man up and if I'm just mask enough, then I can like, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until um, my friend, Billy, bless Billy. I freaking love that guy. Um, my friend, Billy, who I worked with at one of my jobs, I really pushed against Billy because I was like, he represents everything I don't want to be. He was super feminine, loved like all that stuff. And I like, uh, like musical theater and singing. And it was just like, everything was like, yes, girl. And like, just everything that I was like, like, why? But it was because it was my internalized homophobia stuff going on. Um, but then there was this competition um, that I kind of mentioned earlier in this podcast that he really wanted to do and he had actually lost like 100 150 pounds to do this competition because it was like a gay modeling competition super cheesy local gay modeling competition thing but it is what it is and so he'd worked really hard to do this and he's like hey i want you to do it with me because we work together and we can carpool downtown together and i was like oh i really like it's not my thing i'm not interested but he really kind of like not force me, but kind of force me into it. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, why not? Like I, I just moved back from the UK to Vancouver and I was like, it'll be a great way to meet people and like, you know, learn the scene and see what's up. And I was like, and like, Billy's a nice guy. He's a good guy. And I was like, okay, cool. And through that process, cause it was like a three month process. We were downtown, like at least, you know, once a week or once every other week. And through that process of just being around him and exposing myself to him on like a deep friendship level, I really got to tear down those boundaries and borders for myself in regards to like masculine and feminine, because I was like, I didn't care how quote unquote femi he was because I friggin' loved him. Like he brought me joy. He brought me happiness. We had so much fun together. And it was almost like by him being his authentic self and shining his light so bright, like unapologetically, that it let me do the same. Like, I was like, oh my God, can I do that? Like, am I allowed to be like, yes, queen, work? Like, can that be a part of my being? And through that friendship, it allowed me to open myself up and expose myself to that in a safe, contained environment. And like, I'm just ever grateful for Billy in my life and we've been lifelong friends ever since and it's just the amount that he showed me about just being your true self I'm just so grateful for that experience because I know for him growing up it wasn't easy because he was overweight he did he was super effeminate like he was 100% bullied and all these things that we don't come out of or we closet ourselves because we're afraid of he had to experience it because he there was no hiding for him and so 
I'm so grateful for him to be strong enough to go through that because he didn't just go that through that for him. He went through that for us. He went through that for everybody who he's affected in his life to be like, you can be yourself. You can be proud to be yourself. And he showed me that. And I'm so grateful that I let myself be friends with him and let myself pull down that barrier enough to be like, this makes me uncomfortable, but let's see why. Let's just go with it and see why. And it completely changed my life. And it just like, it was almost like another layer of like, uh, came off my shoulders. And I was just like, I can be so much more myself. And like when I'm with Billy, sure, maybe I glam it up and I camp it up and I, you know, quote unquote, fem it up. And then when I'm with other friends, maybe that's not their jam. And it's almost like being a chameleon, but not in the negative sense of like, I'm changing myself for other people. It's just, we have different expressions of ourselves that we get to enjoy in different environments. And no single one is better or worse than, it's just the experience that you're going through. And so um, I really applaud you, Matt, for putting yourself in that area where you're working on it actively to actually like experience that because it's so, as somebody who's gone through that journey and like it's so freeing on the other side like I've also done drag and people are like oh you've done drag like what because that's looked at as like the ultimate like like femi expression yada yada and I cannot tell you how absolutely empowering it was and how freaking amazing it was to like just like get all done up and I was like wow I look so different and it just let me bring out this whole different attitude and energy of myself and I was like yes my drag name for all y'all listening is Yoana Ryder she's Winona yes (laughs) yes yes because she's Winona's younger less klepto sister and Wayne Uh, fabulous Um, I love this yeah and like when I wear heels I'm like seven feet tall it's outrageous but uh but I love being able to express that and it's another part of coming out is like coming out as a person who like accepts this side to us that we have feminine and masculine Mm. and we get to play in that area so I love your story Matt thank Mm, you thank you Oh my gosh. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm there's so many things I want to say right now. Um one of the things that's been alive for me recently, and like this brings up some emotion definitely, is um like aspects of myself that have been present within me and dormant for some time are coming back online. Um, my relationship to my ancestry, my relationship to my queerness, um, my relationship to, um, um, you know, my sort of like that, that mystical uh, aspect of myself, you know, that I spoke about earlier. All these aspects are like coming back online and revealing themselves to me in this really significant way. But I want to speak to the queer piece because um, one of the things that I recently uh realized that an insight that I came into is this idea of like queerness as an energy that has existed throughout time and has manifested in human form through people who sort of identify with being um uh different from the status quo or what is conventional or common and what I know about myself is that I have not felt like I fit in since I was fucking three. You know, I was like sensitive, effeminate, um, 
I liked, you know, womenly things and I ate weird food and I loved to sing and dance and perform. And I was very sexually aware at an early age. And like, and I just, and I was, and I was just very aware in general. And I, I honestly feel like I, I scared people. I scared people. Um, I think they did not know what to do with me. And especially the people who had abandoned um, the aspects of themselves that I was choosing to embody. And I had to deal with that throughout life. And it was very difficult because sometimes people would just like, I was like, it felt like people hated me for no reason. I'm like, what, what am I, what am I doing wrong? You know, it's very confusing to me. And I remember moving through life on that note. And one of the challenging relationships I had was actually with my dad and he's not my biological father. And I'm also going to come out on this podcast right now. I think I even shared it on a blog post, but um, like I had a physical attraction to this man who was not my biological father, but I called dad. <sighs> How fucked up is that? Right. So it, it like it, it, um, it, you know, it was like, life was crazy. I felt I often felt like there was something wrong with me constantly for many reasons outside of my sexual orientation, but inclusive of it. And I just kind of moved through life being who people wanted me to be, um, being who I needed to be to feel safe and connected and loved and secure. Not all the time because um, there was still this aspect of myself that was like, was, you know, was true that somehow managed to come through. But if at any point I was, um, you know, attacked or felt unsafe, you know, he'd sort of curl back in, go back into the shell. And, and so I remember in high school specifically, like they wanted the token black guy. And I was like, well, I'm the gay, you know, the closeted gay black dude and the only black kid in my high school. So, you know, I'll give them what they want so I can feel safe and I can just survive this fucking shit show. And so I, you know, I like bought the baggy pants and, you know, wore the white tank top and the bling and got cornrows on my first day for my first like day of school. And I was like, I, this is not who the fuck I am. Like, I'm not this person, right? But it was like, you want the token black guy, I'll give you the token black guy. Anything to get through this, right? So. One of the things that I'm realizing as time has progressed, and it's not been an easy journey at all, you know, like, sure, it, I, there has been grace. I, I, I acknowledge the fact that I have always felt protected and supported by this divine essence throughout my whole life. Has life been easy? Not at all. It's been fucking gritty. But, but I've been protected and supported throughout, throughout my life, and I've really felt that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm at a point now where, and I'm always a work in progress, where I'm really, really starting to identify and own and claim these aspects of myself that, yes, they saw the light of day. I've owned them previously, but they're really coming back online. Like, I'm sensitive. I'm effeminate. Like when I walk, I like to saunter. I like, you know, I like this is who I am. You know, Matt, I really resonated with what you said about the, these aspects of yourself, you know, the your sort of natural inclination beneath all of that. It's like, yep, me too. I'm tender, soft, 
sensitive, effeminate. When I dance, I flow. And yeah, there's parts of me too that are a bit gritty and, 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 you know, and dukes up like that's, that's, that's there too. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I'm sexual and I'm sensual and, um, you know, all of these lovely things that I am really starting to own in an even greater way. And for sure, it's like, it's an edgy process. You know, I used to, I remember getting up on stage at the nightclubs and my body just wanted to move in this like, you know, this sort of snake-like, you know, sort of effeminate way. And it was such a liberating thing to just get up there after coming out and just own that. And I remember guys, like straight straight guys, used to come up to me and be like, man, your moves are so amazing. Like, I just love watching you dance. I remember straight guys, like on the down low, they'd be like hollering at me after the club, like, hey, you're sexy, you know? And I'm like, thank you. Um, but, but yeah, like what, I, what, I'm, what I've come to realize is as I own these parts of myself that, that, you know, as I come out and expose and own these aspects of myself, what I realize is the people who are meant for me will love me they come in my direction they celebrate me and the people who aren't into all of this like that's not on me it's okay like I respect that you are working through your relationship to the parts of me that you know trigger you or whatever um and and I hold you in that and like this is who I am you know um and and I guess in closing like I'll just say yeah they're you know they're there are some men in my past that I remember really struggling with, with this dynamic around where, um, yeah, they, they just really had trouble with like what I brought to the table. And I would sometimes feel like I had abandoned who I was in order to be liked by them or to feel safe in their presence. And I'm yeah I'm I'm kind I'm over that you know I'm over that like I'm ready to just like be who I am and to anyone who's listening right now like um my wish for you is the same because there is a tribe a community of people out there probably right here who will love the fuck out of you as you are and who love to see you and hold you and celebrate you in your brilliance you know and and those who aren't into it like bless them they're on their own journey. That's not yours. Yours is to own who you are and to continually allow yourself to blossom and to cultivate and step into spaces and relationships where that is supported. And if they don't, peace. Amen. Thank you. I I'm inspired to ask a question. We don't have to answer, but for anyone listening or watching, um, you know, it's interesting what I what I was just thinking while you guys were speaking was we come out of the closet in terms of, of our sexuality only to go into another one for, for a lot of people, right? So you come out of as being gay or, or bi or whatever you want to say, but then you go into another closet about, oh, wait, you know, um, I like doing drag, but I can't tell people that. That's, that's too far. So you stay in a closet in another way. And then once you come out of that closet, then you potentially go into another closet which leads me to think in which way are we all in a closet now and what closet is that now mm. that we are not expressing ourselves uh, authentically mm. or which we don't want to risk that emotional exposure. Um, I think, 
you know, Reno, you talked about this at the beginning. For me, I think the most recent one is my spiritual side. I think that is something I've kept to myself over the last five years. I've, I've let a few people know that I'm really into this and there's a part of me that believes this, that, and the other thing, but it's only recently that I've really become more out about it. So, you know, we talk about coming out in terms of sexuality, but there's always these things that we have to have to deal within ourselves first, and then we begin to share them. And that's always scary. Sharing our true selves, our true needs, our true desires, our true interests is always going to have some kind of emotional risk of rejection, whatever that may be for you. So I'd be curious to know how, how anyone listening is, you know, ask, ask that question, like, in which way am I in the closet right now? What do I need to come out of? What do I want to come out of? I, I'd love to know what, like, I, I'm very curious about all our answers to that question right now. Yeah, that's, Michael, that's a beautiful question. So yeah, I, I'm so curious about what's alive for each of us. And I guess I would just say, um, for me, it's like, owning, owning that I want to be chosen you know, owning that I want to be chosen, like that was really edgy for me in a lot of ways, like to sit with the, the truth that like, it's been hard, I do the life thing on my own really well, like I do single well, I can make it work, I can have so much fun. And like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm good, I'm good on my own. But at the same time, there's a deeper part of myself in my heart and my belly, you know, this piece of me that's like, I want someone to choose me, you know? And and that's me being really honest. And it's like, oh fuck, how desperate of you, you know? How like, you know, how, how sad, right? No one's gonna want you if you admit that, right? Why would anyone want someone who wants to be chosen, you know? So that's, I, I'm, I'm moving through that, right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm, that's a good one. I don't know. I've definitely, I've definitely done a lot of those hurdles. Like I remember I was writing for this popular blog and like, I wrote this whole thing about my spirituality and like loving to read cards and all that kind of stuff. And I, I kind of jumped out of a lot of closets. Um, (laughs) And maybe the one I'm feeling right now is more like an imposter closet. Like, I feel like I've jumped out of all these closets and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, but wait, am I? Or like, I don't know. There's like, this like vibe of like I guess feeling good enough like you know posturing myself to look good enough and like presenting it but like you know feeling it is a totally different thing and I think the community actually struggles with a lot of that as well like I've, I've seen time and time again people dealing with imposter syndrome and feeling like they're not worthy and like yeah I'd definitely be there and I think it's important to talk about it because I'm not perfect. Like, I don't want anybody out there thinking that I'm perfect or any of us are perfect because we're not. And to portray that perfection, it makes it even more, it it makes it less vibey. Like you can't communicate with somebody who you don't feel like you're aligned with. And so I think there's this energy in me of like this fear of like coming out as imperfect of like, if I come out and people know that I don't have all the answers or that I don't know everything and that I don't know what I'm doing all the time, that it's like, oh, like, but I thought you had it together. But really, it's just a giant mess up in here. (laughs) Mm. 
<laughs> like she a hot mess girl. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Me she too. Just, me too. She just looks yeah. good while she does it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, it would be similar to, well, the, the, the tail end of what Callan just said um, is embracing my messiness is one aspect of it. But I think the biggest thing that's the most alive for me um, right now is um, is practicing humility is, is the the, the practice that I need to do. But the thing that's in the closet is this part of me that doesn't want to ask for help, um, that I can go at it alone. Um, and overgiving, like give, 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 you know, I'm always giving and I've struggled with receiving because I look at receiving help as a weakness somewhere in my development. I learned that receiving is, is weak and, um, so that part of me is coming out of the closet. Um, I've been doing a lot of work in this area around humility. And um, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I'd love to have a coach. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking coaching all these people, helping them develop. And I'm like, I need some support. But I'm like, I've never actually aligned with somebody where I felt like I could actually have a mentorship out of them. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like somebody needs to be really fucking good to track my shit. Cause I'm really sneaky <laughs> and I can pull the wool over people's eyes quickly. Um, so I need somebody to hold me accountable and, and no shit. Like two days later, this guy messages me and we ended up developing a connection and um, he does coaching and the, the, it was just, it was a very spiritual connection like right away. And, uh, so anyways, I signed up for some coaching, so I'm starting my coaching next week and, um, I'm going to learn how to, um, receive and get myself listened to and myself nurtured and all these things, because I'm tired of doing this shit for everybody else. And my, I feel like I have a little bit of compassion fatigue. Right. And, and this is what happened last time when I did counseling, I wasn't tending to my own needs and I had to take a break. I went on a five-year hiatus from counseling and did fitness and nutrition coaching. So I don't want to go down that same path again. So, yeah. Bravo, mm. taking that step. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, boys, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. Does anybody have like a last minute, one minute they want to throw in there? Or we Michael didn't get to answer the question himself, did he? Yeah, I, I talked about, for me, the, the sort of closet that I'm coming out of is the spirituality closet and just really owning that. and and telling the world about it. Only you guys uh, and a few close friends know about that side of me, mm. but a lot of people don't. And I well, have now, my for it. Now everybody listening to this podcast does. We get, <laughs> couple, we get a couple thousand downloads a month. So, hey. Mm. Woo -woo. It's true. Well, I want to let everybody watching or listening know, please subscribe to us with, on whatever podcasting platform you have. Give us five stars, all that good stuff. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to our page. Give us a thumbs up. Comment. We love your comments and please share this around if you've not joined the gay men's brotherhood on facebook our private community please go there just look us up gay men's brotherhood and uh join the private community we'd love to have you it's continuously growing week after week month after month and um yeah did i miss anything guys no nailed it awesome 
Awesome. And if you want to get notified about these episodes, you can also sign up in the show notes. There's also the information to sign up for our newsletter so that you can get these episodes delivered to you every other Thursday when we do them. And then alternating Thursdays, we do do a free group Zoom conversation about the episode we just released the week before. So you can come in and join in on those. Everybody loves getting in on those conversations. So have the best day ever. Peace, love, rainbows. Bye, guys. Bye. Mm. Bye.